How many are ready for the word this morning? Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Can we just praise God for his word? Amen. The word of God is true. The word of God is right. The word of God is absolute. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Amen. You alone. We can trust your word. We honor you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. If, if I could be so bold as to tell those who are watching online to share this message and for you as well. Thank God for those who share this message so more people can hear it, receive it, apply it to their life, and bring glory to God in all that they do. One more time, how many of you love the word of the Lord? The word is so good. The word is so good. With your Bible or your iPad or your phone, however you read the scriptures, won't you please turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. If you're not familiar with this story, it's a great, great story to read in 2 Kings chapter number 4. We're going to just look at verses 8 to verse 10. And today we're going to be discussing part one of a three-part message. And today is message is titled, You Prepare a table, part one. You prepare a table, part one. Second Kings chapter number four, verses eight to verse 10. Let me read it. Then I'll get into my introduction. The Bible begins and says, One day, Elisha went to the town of Shechem. A wealthy woman lived there. And she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. Verse 9. She said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. How many know we need holy men and women of God to lead us in these days of which we are living in? Verse number 10, my last verse is, let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. Please join with me in prayer as we pray over the reading of God's word. Father, we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are leading and guiding us, and we just pray that your word will go forth with clarity, with conviction, and we pray, Lord God, that it will bring about the desired result, which is for you to get the glory. As we live out this word, we thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit that leads us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm really excited about sharing this message, not just because my personality is one of excitement. <laughs> that I try to find the good in every situation, not just because it's my personality, but I think it's biblical and I think it's healthy. It doesn't mean I deny the reality of life. Actually, I think the reality of life is what causes me to try to find the prophetic in everything. And so this message came to me back in March. I was invited to join a group of leaders in a time of where leadership was very important, that 
there was a transition taking place. I want you to write this down. There's a big difference, or get this in your mind, between a transfer and a transition. Both are necessary, but you have to understand which is which in order for you to step into what God has for you. So there's transitions, and then there's transfer. And so because we felt that what was taking place was simply a transfer, we had to stop for a moment and get to the place of transition, the place of transition. And so I was invited, and it was really interesting because God has a way of breaking one's poverty mindset. I didn't say poor. Jesus says you'll have the poor with you always. But what he did fight against was a poverty mindset because you can be a multimillionaire and still have a poverty mindset. Poverty mindset has nothing to do with money. It's actually a mindset. It's, it's, it's a kingdom way of looking at things. Are you with me? And so God is dealing with me, and so he invites me into this, into this gathering of tremendous leaders. And what was interesting was when they sent the invite, my first reaction was, how am I going to afford to fly, and I want to go, and how am I going to be able to pay for my rental and all those different things? And as I continue to read the email, I realized at the end of the email was the invite to say, we'll reimburse everything. Whatever it costs you, we just need for you to get to this place. Got it to remind me again of my value. You see, even Pastor Rowe needs to be reminded to fight that poverty mindset. That your place is vital more than the cost of anything. And so when I got there and I was sitting and I was thinking about things, what really came to me was I was invited to the table. And it felt good. And so we're having this meeting, and, and so I'm nervous, and i got to use the, the restroom because I'm so nervous because I'm about to get the mic. I'm about to share something, and all of a sudden I get nervous. I don't know if that happens to you, but I'm like, man, i got to hurry up because every eye and everyone who's watching on Zoom was about to hear me, and I was nervous. But I was invited to the table. And so I said, God, what are you saying? He says, well, you got to prepare a message uh, call call at the table and so and so what happened was this I, I I knew that that Noah and Abigail was wanting to dedicate their baby and so I said God if 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 they pick this date I give them a bunch of dates and I said if they pick this date then that's a confirmation that you want me to share this message that's what I do with God we talk like that you feel me I know God for myself come on Oh, I'm gonna clap. God. I'm gonna clap for that. Cause see, cause see, when you know God for yourself, you talk to Him in in a way that He understands you. My dialect and and everything that goes with it. My personality, the Jamaican Canadian American. He he gets he gets all of that. And I said, God, if they do that, and so I was tempted to keep saying, Hey, come on, what date did you pick? And I says, No, I gotta fight against it. And so, and so I won the battle. And so the 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 day came in as April the eleventh. And I'm like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I love it when a plan comes together. I love it. I love it when that happens. And so, and so I'm sharing this message because I really believe that this is the Lord really wanting to restore some things to move us from just a place of transition and a place of transfer. That he really wants to bring us to a place, ready, of transformation. 
The ultimate goal for your life is transformation. Write that down because that's so critical. That's so, that's so important because if you realize that the purpose of your life and what God is doing to bring transformation, you will then look at every relationship differently. You look at every situation differently. You will look at every aspect of your life first from a kingdom mindset. A kingdom mindset. I was talking to somebody. We, we had lunch uh, this week, and I said, I, I, I told him, I said, I said, we have a biblical worldview, and then we have the worldview. And those two are competing. Every single moment of your life, those things are going to be competing against you. The worldview of the culture and what the culture is saying and the biblical worldview or the biblical basis of what the scripture is saying. And you're going to be conflicted every single time as to which side, who am I going to give who am I going to lend my ear to? Who am I going to listen to? And there will come a time when something's going to fall, that, that there is going to come a time where gravity is going to pull down, whether it's a lie, whether it's manipulation, come on, whether it's deception, whether whatever it is, something's going to pull at one of those, either at your worldview or it's going to pull at the biblical worldview. The enemy is after both. He doesn't care. He'll make the word and he'll pervert the word and he'll bring pollution to the word so you don't believe it. And he'll also do that to the culture as well. He'll bring lie. He doesn't care at all. Pulled at you and has fallen. Which one do you let go of? Because you can't hold on to both. Something has to go. And the answer is, I will always hold on to the biblical worldview and I will let go the worldview of the culture because there will come moments where there will be conflicting. There, 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 will, be, there will be reason that will try to convince you to, to go this way as opposed to going this way. And what God is looking for is transformation. And whenever, whenever you hold on to a biblical worldview, it brings transformation to your life. Can someone say yes? Yes, it does. Just look where you were a month ago. Come on, look where you were five years ago. Come on, God has been taking you from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And in each one of those transitions, each one of those transfers, you get to a place of transformation. God, thank you that you're transforming me. But there's a place where that takes place. There's a place where that takes place. And so I believe it's at the table. It's at the table. It's at the table. In ancient times, A table was used, watch this now, when powerful members of an organization would negotiate peace treaties. So powerful people would get together and they would say, now we're going to get to the negotiating table. Why? Because there needs to be a peace that we receive. There needs to be a peace of which we arrive at. And here they would actually, and I'm quoting now, serve a drink or even a meal, ready for this, as a sign of good faith. For what? Why were they saying we're going to spread a drink, we're going to have a meal, and two powerful individuals of organizations will come together at the negotiating table, and they would put the meal out there as a sign of good faith. Here's why. And I thought this was fascinating. Here's why. Because what they were saying was this, that they would not use the opportunity to poison each other. That they were at this table and they can trust in good faith that the meal that was spread, the meal that was placed on this table, we can trust that it's not going to poison us if we eat it. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. You see, the table became a symbol of a desire to settle a dispute. Let this sink in because I'm telling you right now, there's a transformation taking place at the table. At the table, there's a transformation that's taking place. 
at the table because it says the table become, became a symbol or a desire to settle disputes. Even today, we talk about moving to negotiating table. So the concept then of a table of which we have a meal really is a Greek and it's a Roman concept. The Hebrews didn't see it that way. Wealthy Egyptians, they used to use pedestals for eating. But the general rule was this and how the Hebrew saw was when they would eat, they would actually eat on the ground. That the Hebrew word for table really means a mat. There was something, whether it was from leather from an animal, and it would, be, it would be spread out, and they would eat on the ground. That's how they would see this concept of a table. But because of the Greeks' influence and because of the Roman influence, we notice now that the table was elevated with chairs, and so it became now a place of eating. But in the Hebrew, it wasn't that necessarily. There was something about a table, and when the Hebrews heard the word table, something else came to them. So back to my point, that you got to understand a biblical worldview, because sometimes culture would rob us of a biblical worldview. And we're being so deceived like a frog in a, a pot of water, come on, that they're turning up the heat, and we're getting so comfortable in the culture and in the world, that when it's too late, we're going to burn up. Why? Because we didn't hold on to a biblical worldview. There's a context to when you're reading the scriptures. There is. And so what's so fascinating is this. I want you to write down just a couple of words I'm going to share that are going to be transformational words. First one is the word furniture. Furniture. That's a transformational word. Furniture. The second transformational word is fellowship. That's a good word right there. Fellowship. And fellowship in the court. The koinia is simply this. Fellowship is finding out, Holy Spirit, what are you doing and come in alignment with it. Come on. It's not just a coming together. That's why when you try to have unity and just bring people together, it doesn't work. Because that's not fellowship. That's motivation. There's a reason why they're there. But true fellowship is where the Holy Spirit, what are you doing? And you come in alignment with that. So at the table, there is fellowship. There's an alignment with the Holy Spirit. The next word I want you to understand now is the word family. The word family. These three, and there's some more, but for today, I'm just going to look at these three. Furniture, fellowship, and family. Furniture, fellowship, and family. And all of those find themselves at the table. At the table. Perhaps for some of you, it's a negotiating table right now. And there's probably disputes that you have to settle. But we want to go deeper into a place of not just transaction and not just transfer. we got to get to a place where transformation takes place. Are you hearing me? I don't know, but it's in my spirit that somebody, God wants to transform you into his likeness, into his image. Perhaps there's an assignment that God wants to bring you into. There's a place of favor. But the way that you're seeing things, you're going to get to that place of favor. And you're going to think God's not with you because your mindset is still back here. And so when you bring it to a new place, you got to have a new revelation, a new way of thinking. Oh, that is good for somebody right here. I don't know who it is. Holy Ghost, if you'd be so kind, show me who that person is. That you've been asking for a promotion. You've been negotiating. God is saying, ask for favor. Ask for transformation. Oh, my goodness. You got my feet shaking already. You got my feet shaking. You know you're in trouble now when you get the stomping going. Amen. And so we're going to take a look first. And so this concept of furniture is really great because, because what's neat is this. You see, you see and I told you, the, 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 the table 
and the Hebrew, how they looked at things, was just a piece of leather, leather excuse me, a piece of mat, a, a thing that was rolled out on the ground during mealtime. This is what they would look at. And so when it came to this concept of having four legs, it's a Greek word called trapeza, which means having four feet. And so when we take a look now, it describes a furniture. And here in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8 to 10, we are literally seeing the furniture. We're seeing where, where he would come and the prophet would come. And what we're seeing here is these three things all connected in this three, in the three verses, verses 8, 9, and 10. We're seeing the whole thing of first of furniture. We are seeing fellowship. And we're also seeing what? Family. And all three of this particular verse. And so he's saying, you prepare a table. And so what God is speaking prophetically, he's saying, the transformation begins, write this down, when you prepare a table. We'll get to God prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. We're trying to get to our enemies. And God said, I'm trying to get you to me. Because you can't have peace in the midst of your enemies if you're not in peace with me. Come on. Because the Bible says when you're at peace with God, even your enemies, come on, can't mess with you. They can't mess with you. And so we're looking at this. And so in these, we, we, see, we see what's going on. And so what amazes me, and we have to look at now, is, is this concept of craftsmanship. We have to look at this thing when it comes to furniture, looking at this, this whole concept. And so in Exodus 31, verses 1 to verse 3, it's amazing when you see how they were creating the furniture for the tabernacle. God's house. God's house has furniture in it. Come on. Seven to be specific. In three different places, which represents your body, your soul, your spirit. Come on. And so in God's house, he has furniture. It's a place of transformation where everybody can stay in the outer courts. That's for everybody. Gentiles, everybody can do that. But to step into another room. Oh, come on. To go into another room where you will see the table. The only table is in the room of where you have to understand you're a priest. Oh, good God Almighty. And that you're at peace with God and you're able to step into a room, not because you want to leave people out, but because you have a desire to go in. See, you got to get that in your mind that as you progress and get transformed, some of you are holding back because some people don't want to be transformed and you don't want to leave them. Listen, leave them and get to the table because when you get to the table, you tell them what happened at the table and then they want to come to the table with you. So you're doing nobody a favor by staying stuck. Grow into the things of God. Move from the outer courts. Come on, into the inner courts to get to that mercy seat of God. That's right there where the blood was applied. It's so good. I love God's house. How many of you love God's house? Come on, clap your hands for God's house. You may have a 5,000 square foot home. You may have a 10,000 square foot home. You may be LeBron James with a nice mansion, but I'd rather God's house. Because in God's house, transformation takes place. Oh, I feel this thing now in my hands. Amen. From my toes to my hand. And so this concept of craftsmanship was important. And so in Exodus 31, it says, the Lord said to Moses, see, I have called by name. So God is saying, they're about to design my house. And he comes in now. And you would think that God would just say, okay, pick whoever you want to. He says, oh, no, no. I've called by name. In verse number two. And he goes on and he says, I filled him with the spirit of God, with, with abilities and intelligence, with knowledge of all craftsmanship. Woo, good God Almighty. Eh. My gee, that is so awesome. He said, Moses, this person I have chosen and I've given them abilities, intelligence, oh, craftsmanship, knowledge. 
And I'm not finished though. And I've appointed with them. So you got, see, see, when you're chosen, you got to know who God has appointed to be with you. A little plug come on for the singles conference. Come on. When you know you're chosen as a single, God's got somebody he is appointed. Come on. Oh, praise God. So, so you see, when you're building something, you've got to know I'm chosen. Who did God appoint? And if you're appointed, who did God choose? Come on. Because you got abilities, you got intelligence, you got, you got knowledge, you got things I need. You got things I need. So good. I was asked at a school, I went to speak and one of the young ladies was asking me a question. She said, hey, Pastor Rowe, uh, what, what, what does that text mean? Don't be unequally yoked. This is the, a junior asking a question like that. I was like, oh, look at, look at, look at here. I said, well, let me give you the elementary answer. If you, if you think the elementary is just, they got to be a believer, that's elementary. That's, that's surface stuff. I said, if you understand the concept of, of compatibility, is really about the yoke that was placed over the animal, and you couldn't put an oxen with a donkey. It just didn't fit. Why? Because they couldn't cultivate the ground together. I said, the purpose is for cultivation. It's, it's to prepare the ground for the seed. Come on. That produces a child, that produces a business, that produces something that when you come together, you plow together. Come on. For the kingdom of God. And because you know that, the Bible says you don't look back because you won't be fit for the kingdom. And so you look ahead in this concept called family. But before we get there, you got to understand the furniture. And so they asked the question. And so the mentor, the teacher said, I've never heard that. Good God Almighty. She goes, I've never heard that. I said, that's God's design. So you are called. If you're called, then God is appointed. If you're appointed, then you're called. You got to find who God has chosen for you. This is how he does it. Why? Because God is saying, this is the furniture. This is my house. And we take more care in raising our house. Come on. Then we do the house of God. Do the house of God. So why does he call and why does he appoint? Because he wants to fill a need. The need was worship. The need was worship to create a place where they can come and they can worship. They just came out of Egypt and now they're going to the promised land. And so God is saying worship has to be part of the whole thing. And so he then appoints them and he calls them. They come together and they fill a need. Write this down. I love this. You see, to fill a need represents a space and a place. To fill a need represents a space and a place. And so I want to thank my good friends at Pathway Tables. Come on. For their Table for my demonstration this month. I hope for the rest of the month. Praise God. And so what I came with, as I was looking and said, God, speak to me about, because I went to their facility where, where I see from, from the beginning and how they get to this. I, I said, God, they took me through the process of transformation. Ooh. It wasn't just a transaction. It wasn't just a transition. It was a process of transformation, of taking something that was one way, good God Almighty, add the ability, the knowledge, the intelligence with it, that it produced a table now for furniture to fill a need, a space, and a place. Ooh, good God Almighty. So in other words, this business then is the business of the kingdom. And so I looked at it and I said, so what do they do, God? Because I'm looking at this concept of the furniture and I'm seeing there's a need to be filled. It's a space and it's a place. And so God is saying, the first thing is the furniture. And so then he reminds me, this is what they do. Because they're anointed, because I've chosen, because they're appointed. And because I said yes to this business, here is what they're doing. Bring a transformation to a space and a place. I said, good God Almighty, to 
get that favor on your life. You've got to give God praise and glory. You've got to thank God. Listen, when you see a need and you get to fill a need, a space and a place, that is God saying, I favored you. You're called. You're appointed. You're chosen. I wish I had somebody over here that knows what it's like to fill a need where God pours into you and you pour out back what God has poured into you. And so he says, here's what they do, bro. He says they provide quality custom tables to fill a space and a place where people gather together to share a meal, witness miracles, and create memories. Woohoo! I said, but it's a tree. He says, ah, that's all you see. Oh, come on, somebody. What I'm showing you and what is being presented to you is a means of transformation. It is a furniture that's being placed there. So therefore, you can have a space that is filled. You have a place that is filled where people gather together, share a meal, witness miracles, and create memories. And so in 2 Kings verse, chapter 4, verse 8, what we see here was that they will come. And I believe the prophet would walk in and there was a space And there was a place and the prophet would come and the prophet would sit down and they would say to the prophet, tell me, come on, what God did for you today. Tell me the people whose lives were transformed while we're eating. They're having a conversation. Come on. Sharing a meal. Witnessing miracles. Creating memories. Where? At the table. It moved and transformed them so much that in verse number 10, we see now that she says, oh my goodness, let's build a small room for him on the roof and let's furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay wherever he comes by. So what they were saying was this need needs to be perpetual in my life. Oh God. That I need a constant flow of prophetic word. And so I want to create a space. Listen, if you've got a need, you need a prophetic word to fill that need. Come on. Don't try to fill it with the pleasures of this world. you got to fill it with the power and the prophetic presence of Almighty God. It's at the table because of a furniture. Because of a furniture. And so you see, and I love this testimony at the table that someone shared. Listen to what they said. This is so cool. They said, after countless meals together, often shared with family and friends, the table has become an icon of God's grace and goodness. To take up a place at the table was to occupy sacred space. The people we love most sat with us there. Meals were shared. Stories were told. Sins were confessed. Come on, there's somebody right now, you have children that you need to prepare your table because they're coming. You've got children, come on, that you need for them to get a seat at the table. And God is saying, prepare the table by faith because at the table, sins are confessed. Stories are told. Testimonies take place at the table. That requires faith. Because, see, we laugh together. We cry together. Together we remember where we've been, what we've dreamed of, where we might go one day, what we might do one day. And here, ready for this? Here's the thing. At the table, the furniture is where we pray at the table. And the goal is this, is to experience God's nearness, God's kindness, and God's love at the table. So to purchase a table, yeah, but the memory's priceless. 
And so when we see the furniture, it becomes a place of where we have to say, God, help me to contribute to the prophetic by preparing a space and a place for you to move, God. That's the prayer when you come to the table. God, help me to contribute in the sacred space and place to usher in a prophetic word that brings transformation to my life. Because society is going to force me to have transfer and transactions. And as good as those are, it's got to bring about transformation. And that means every time you sit behind or you sit at the table, your focus should be on God reveal to me the transformation taking place right now. That's the goal. That's the goal. I'm going to let you know on a secret. That's why I like to meet with you. Because I want transformation. Because 45 minutes of preaching, I have to continue to elevate the illustration if that what brings you in. If you're not brought in because of the spirit of God and your love for the word of God, I'm sorry. I can't keep up with is MTV or whatever the latest, you know, the latest thing is now. I'm aging myself, whatever. I can't compete with their light show. I can't. I can't do that. But if I can get to a place where you're at the table, come on, and you tell me your prayers, you tell me what's going on at the table while we're eating, yes. Transformation takes place. So so next time you walk into your house, don't just look at your furniture as just a piece of property. Come on. See it as a place of transformation. And if you can get a pathway table, go for it. Praise God. Let's move on now. Fellowship. Fellowship. Now, Jesus took it to another level. Someone say another level. Jesus took the table to a whole different level. A whole different level. Jesus comes on the scene now because, see, the table emphasizes God's provision. It's daily bread. And it's a place ready, a fellowship prepared for divine visitation. And so dining with someone in the ancient Near East was a sign of fellowship and peace. And so why do we celebrate Easter or resurrection, which is the proper terminology for it? Because we were not at peace with God. And so the resurrection, Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday, is really not about our best when we come together. It is about the table. It is about us recognizing that when Jesus died, we now are at peace with God. And so therefore, dining with someone is a sign of fellowship and peace. And so it says, you know, so in the Hebrew mind, when you said table, they went right back to the tabernacle called the table of presence. They didn't go to a table like this. They went right back to the table of presence. They didn't go to the table that they eat their meal on the ground. You use a different Greek word, excuse me, a different Hebrew word for that. When you said table to a Hebrew, they went back to the tabernacle and they recognized it's the table of presence. Oh, God Almighty. It's a place where everybody can go. It's a place where we can fellowship with God. And so John captured it beautifully. If you know your Bible, John chapter 1 says, And the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. It moved from just a furniture now to a place of fellowship where the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we get to dine with the master. And so the priests would eat the bread. See, you have to understand that you are a priest. And so just like David, when his man was hungry and he ate of the bread and the religious people says, what are you doing? He says, listen. I am a priest, oh God, unto God. Jesus is the high priest. 
But I have access. Some of you need to get this right now because you need to move spiritually. You need to move away from the outer courts where you're hanging around people that don't want to go any deeper. Come on. They just want the furniture. They just want to look like when I went to church, it's just the furniture. This is more from a building to the body. Come on. From the building to the bread. Good God Almighty. And when you eat of the bread, it doesn't matter when we come together. You're going to want to come together and share a meal and tell your stories and confess your sins and pray together. Why? Because you move from the furniture into a fellowship. You've been transformed and you want everybody to know, look what God is doing in my life. The world has no problem showing off sin. They pay money to show off sin. <laughs> and I'm going to know the savior of the world and not tell everybody about him. Oh, we're having a meal. Oh, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. You better believe it. But I'm asking God, give me wisdom how to communicate that at the table. Don't just make it because people can smell you a mile away when it's just simply to, hey, I witnessed. No, you bothered people. <laughs> You feel me? <laughs> we're not weird. We see wonder. Come on. So we're having a meal. We're asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to me. Why? Because guess what? Because the table of presence. I just ate from it. I'm a priest. I just ate from the table of presence. And so what we're saying is we have Jesus. We have Jesus. So under the new covenant, Jesus has affected our eternal peace between the Father and his people. So we could dine in his presence. And so the primary purpose of the table was to hold the bread of the presence, literally the face of God, which was set before Yahweh. Think about it. In Exodus 25, that right now, as priests, we now, by faith, by the Holy Spirit, are dining with Jesus. Ooh. Listen, I make a great person to take out to eat, trust me. But you want to take out Jesus. Come on. That you want to dine with Jesus. Because that's what he's saying right here is that you have that. And so here it is now, which is really, and I love this. I love this part. And so God told the, 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 the craftsman, he said, now, I want you not just to make the table, but I want you to make stuff on it. Make it like their home. I want them to realize that to leave their home, to come to my home, there's no difference. So in other words, you don't live one way at home, another way at church. He said, at the table, the way you live at home is the way you live in the presence of people. Come on. That is so good because that's transformation taking place right there. And he says, I want you to build the utensils and, and have the cup and have everything there on the table. Have it just like that. And here's the neat part. That in the holy place, watch this now. There's only three articles of furniture in the holy place. And in that place you have on one side, well, straight ahead is the altar of incense. That's prayer. And, and, and we're missing that big time. Like, okay, I'll come over here. Because prayer is right there. You can't get into the holiest of holies without going through prayer. But on one side, you have the lamp. Come on. It's called the lampstand. On the other side, you have the table of presence or the table of showbread. And what was neat when I was looking at this, well, here's what God said to me. Remember I told you, Rowan, that the theme for this year is the light that leads to life? I said, yes, Lord. He goes, watch this now. That in the place, if you want the light that leads to life, you got to move from the outer courts where there's natural lights. And you got to step into the holy place where the only light is the lamp. It's God's word. And he says, if you notice that in this particular place, the light shines on life. Ooh, I said, Jesus, you bad. I said, look at, look at, look at here. 
It's I told you, the light will lead to life. Because in the outer courts, sacrifice was made. You had to lay yourself on the brazen altar. Come on. And that's not fun, killing your flesh. I hate it. I hate it. My flesh doesn't want to die. But he says that once you made the sacrifice outside and you step in now and you consecrate yourself by, the, by, by, by washing your hands and you step now into this place, you look around and your eyes have to get adjusted to the light of God's word. Because you've been out in the world so much and the world's been showing you things that's been blinding you and you're seeing gold and it glitters and you're taking on the world system. But once you get transformed and you step into the holy place, your eyes have to get used to the eyes, the revelation of God Almighty. Why? Because that's where the table is. And so the light shines on the light. So when you're having a meal with somebody, not only is the presence of God there, the light of God's word is there as well. That is so cool. And so here's the thing. Thank you, Jesus. So now here's Jesus now. This is the, this is the reality part. Because remember now, remember now, I got to hurt. Watch this now. In every message you hear, there needs to be three things for it to be effective communication. Three things. There needs to be the reality of where you are, the theology of what God says, and how to practice it in the real world. And so when you hear a message, that's why you can't just have conversation. That's surface stuff. You've got to get to a place where the theology is there. So we've got a lot of people speaking about reality without theology. You're confused. You're actually compromising. And what we're doing is we're speaking to the reality of our day, but we're trying to keep God out the theology of it because God's going to offend our reality. No, God's going to show us our reality. So that we can practice being the witness we're supposed to be at the table. At the table. And so Jesus now comes. And, and, and what, I love this now because Jesus comes. He says, okay, here's how fellowship works. How then, if I'm being transformed, how do I then be, be in the world but not of the world? Great question, Pastor. Well, thank you guys for asking. Like how do I, do I leave this table to go to that table? You never, ever, 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 ever leave the table of presence. It was to be continually. They're supposed to change the bread every single week. They're supposed to continually have it there. So don't you ever compromise because the day you leave the table of present, you eat the world's food. You eat what Satan says. Turn these rocks into stone. Come on. Turn these rocks excuse me, into a meal. And you'll constantly try to tempt you. You'll constantly try to get you to eat the world system to fill a need. But no, the devil is a liar because my need is filled at the table where the presence and the spirit of God is there. So we must always have the presence with us and that's what Jesus did and so watch this now in Matthew 9 verse 9 real quick go to Matthew 9 verse 9 this is so good you see because table talk brings transformation so 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 you're having a, a dispute you're having some situation you like somebody uh, you, you, your kids are getting on your nerves you're pulling out your, whatever it is tell them let's go to the table let's get to the table because at the table, the face of God is there and the light of God's word is there. Let's get to the table. We can't dispute over here. Come on. Because it may get poisoned. Oh. We got to go to a place where we're showing good faith. We got to get to this place where we're showing good faith. So let's get, that's the battle. Get them to the table. Make the phone call. Say, hey, come on. This particular holiday, let's get you to the table. Let's have a conversation. You can trust what I've prepared because it's not poisonous. No. Why? Because I want to see transformation take place. I want God to reveal perhaps to me what I'm seeing wrong. At the table. And so Jesus comes on the scene in Matthew 9 verse 9. Now, and Jesus says this. And Jesus passed on from there. He saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. 
and he rose and followed him. What amazing preaching. Um, no long dissertation, just say, hey, follow me. Okay. Follow me. Okay. No long, well, Jesus, I don't know. I got, no, follow me. Okay. He's in a profession of where the Jews hate him because he's Jewish and he's taking on the system of the Roman, uh, Roman occupation and taking money from them. This guy is not a friend of Jews at all. Jesus goes and saves him. The one that people hate, he says, come on, Matthew, come on. And so were many of us. I put both my hands up and my feet. Come on. Because I was working for the world system until Jesus came and says, follow me. And he followed him. No, try to convince him. No illustration message. Just follow me. Just follow me. Why? Because Matthew's heart was being worked at by the Lord. And so he follows him. But I want to look at verse number 10 if we can. I don't know if we have it up there, but verse 10 is really neat. And Jesus reclined at the table in his house. And Jesus reclined at the table. Where? In his house. So Jesus is at his house, and Jesus is sitting there. And sinners are coming to him at this house. He's sitting there for a meal. And they're all coming. And the Pharisees said to him, hey, He's eating with sinners and tax collectors. And Jesus says, because you don't understand the furniture. <laughs> you don't understand fellowship. That what Matthew did was Matthew says, oh, my goodness, sit at the table with Jesus. I got transferred. I'm going to bring every single joker I know. And I'm bringing it to where I met the master. Come on. He told me to follow him, and he transformed my life. From being hated by the Jews to not being received by the Father in heaven. He says, you, I want you to come. 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 Because the religious people don't like me anyway. So you come, you come, you come. And he says, who's at the table? Who you invite me to? Do you got someone famous? Is, is someone from Rome coming? Is Caesar coming? Is somebody from Rome that's coming? So I want to get to the table first and show myself. up." He goes, oh, no, no. Who's there is Jesus. And Jesus at the table. And he's doing table talk that transforms. And the danger, church, is that we go back into the world and we've not been transformed, so then the world conforms us. We left the table. And we justify, we said, I'm witnessing. You're not witnessing. You're fellowshipping with the world. You're not fellowshipping with the word. Because when you fellowship with the word, listen to me now. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen next year. But it will happen where it comes a time where the people look at you you look different. Your diet has changed. You are no longer thinking the way you used to think. Can you tell me what brought transformation to your life? Will there be people who's going to ridicule you, criticize you? It's called life. Yes. It's called life. Whether you believe it or not, not everybody wants you to, to succeed. Newsbreak. There's people praying against your success. Deliberately. So stay at the table. Come on. Don't let them cause you to leave. The pathway. Don't, 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 don't let him do that. Stay at the table and let it transform you. Let it transform you. So for me, honestly, I do this all the time. And by, by the grace of God, of course, is that when I'm meeting with somebody, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, God, what transmission are you bringing in this relationship right now? Because this is sacred space. If you invite me to your sacred space, I'm like, ooh, God Almighty. I'm inviting to this sacred space. Um. I've been invited to learn a new skill. Everybody relax. You know what I mean? Don't, don't lose your salvation over this, right? You know, but I'm learning a new skill, how to, how to aim and, you know, be a great marksman and stuff like that. And so um, um, I go there, 
And I'm, a, I'm listening. I'm a student. I go there because there's something I don't know. And so I go. And it's not just about that. It's about the fellowship that's taking place. That's making what I'm doing better. Does that make sense to you? You're precious people of God. Make sure your time is used for transformation. And not a waste of your time. So every date, everything you go to in the world, make sure it's about transformation. I'm going to move off of that. Um, You see, table fellowship strengthens spiritual friendships. There are times we're going to stumble, but get to the table. Come on, worship team, get up here because I'll preach this thing forever. Get up here. Um, You see, in that culture, table fellowship meant acceptance and friendship. So we need to recover table fellowship. I love what one person wrote. They said we need to recover table fellowship as a spiritual discipline in order to strengthen the bond of spiritual friendship among believers who are walking together on the road of discipleship. Let me read that again because that was a mouthful. We need to get to the table, not just the table that brings transformation for sinners and tax collectors. We need to learn the spiritual discipline of being at the table of what it means to strengthen us as we walk together in this Christian journey. You see, table fellowship doesn't uh, often make the list of, of spiritual disciplines. We just come to eat. I remember the church used to always do their thing of like food after church. You know what I mean? The Baptist thing was just food. It was awesome. Still, then we just eat. But the whole point of that was fellowship at the table. We're in such a hurry nowadays. But before you would spend all day in the house of God. Why? Because there's nothing to do at home anyways. You know what I mean? Let's stay and be in fellowship with one another. And that's what we did. And so the final thing now is this. Family. I brought you through furniture. I brought you through fellowship. But now here's family. Ready for this? So some, somebody say, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. So family, take your tables back. Like a treadmill that we put our clothes on. We don't use it. Our table become everything but meal sharing. I was at my daughter's house and um, they live like 20 steps away. And I'm enjoying every minute of it until they decide to leave. And I'm like... I give them their space, of course. I think I do. I give them their space. <laughs> but I love those two. You know what I mean? It's every moment I can get to be with them. It's, it's amazing. And so I was preparing this message, right, about the table. And so I got Chipotle, and I don't know what they got, but I got Chipotle. And I walk into the house, and I was like, man, I'm exhausted. I just want to, I got permission. I can sit on the couch, and I can eat. I mean, I'm dad, you know what I mean? But I, but I got permission to do that. Blaine wasn't there, so, you know, I got permission to do it. And, and I was getting my meal together, and I was about to just go, because it's natural, just to go to the living room and just plop down, and just eat my chipotle. It's, I mean, it's not, it's, the plates aren't out. It's just, it's just, it's takeout. It's just takeout. And I was going to just sit on the couch and eat chipotle. And the Holy Spirit says, aren't you preaching about the table? Come on, man. You know what I mean? I said, yeah, and I got there, and I said, let's sit at the table. And she brought the chair, and we sat at the table. What a difference it made. It wasn't about the Chipotle. It was about family. It was about being around the table. And last week, resurrection, many of us with family at the table, creating memories. The people that wasn't with us this year, that either died of some other sickness or COVID, whatever, they weren't there. But we made it to the table. Ah, good God Almighty. We made it to the table. You see, in our fast pace, and I'm quoting again, tech-saturated 
attention deficit disorder culture in which we find ourselves in, Christians need to recover the art of slow meal around the table with people we care about. Take back your table. Negotiate with that family member who you need to make peace with. And know this. Know this. I'm going to end right here because um, I'll share this for next, for next Sunday. I just feel like to leave right there. Know this. That God has made it so that you and I can be at peace with him through Jesus at the table. See, the third, the last Sunday month, we're going to do communion, and it's going to rock your world. You got to understand what communion really is. Not just about throwing something down your mouth and drinking some juice. Communion is a powerful transformation that brings healing into your life. Communion is what Jesus says. As long as you do this, you do show forth the depth, the ability to be at peace with God. We're going to take back the table. God. And we're going to understand one of the messages I have is called table manners. Table manners at the table. At the table. At the table. Take your table back, family and friends. Let us get to the table. For God is saying to us, you prepare a table. 